I love being a part of a, of a church where people are discovering Jesus, becoming followers of Jesus of all ages. I want, I want, I want teenagers, I want kids to, to, to follow Jesus. I want people to, to follow him um, through their formative years and have that. But I also, I love it when I see people, uh, adults who are saying, oh my goodness, this is, this is what I've been missing. And mm. they turn and follow Jesus. It's awesome being mm-hmm. a part of it. We should never take that for granted. Good morning, Rick. It's uh, delightful to be back podcasting with you again here. Yeah, it's uh, it's summertime. Uh, when we're recording this, it feels great outside. I love it. And uh, as we're recording this, uh, we are coming off of our outdoor baptism event. And that was awesome. That was such a special night. Uh, we had people, teenagers to, to, to 90, 90. Yeah. Uh, getting baptized. And it was all so many great stories. Yeah. So many great stories from all kinds of uh, different different backgrounds, uh, and I, mean, I love people it. who had been followers of Jesus for years and just hadn't taken the step, and to see the joy on their face of and doing so, that was amazing. We it, had people who were brand new Christians, and yes. this is their first kind of public declaration That's and right. expression of their faith. That was mm-hmm. just amazing. We should never. We should for those of uh, those of you who are listening, you're part of our church. Never ever uh, take it for granted of being uh, a part of a church where people are still coming to know. Jesus, where adults are coming to know Jesus. That's mm-hmm. a, that's an amazing thing. It's tremendously exciting. Mm-hmm. And we had a good turnout of people here, but uh, but yeah. I just, I would love to see more and more people come each year because there's something so encouraging about yeah. hearing all of these testimonies mm-hmm. and seeing the joy. And um, I don't think there's any experience where you can so vividly see the joy of the Holy Spirit on someone's face than mm-hmm. when they come up out of the water. I just, I love that. I love watching it. Some of my favorite photos of that event are after people have just been baptized and they're just, you, it, the photo captures them celebrating. They're yeah. just so grateful yeah. uh, for the opportunity and something that I thought was really neat. And you really can only appreciate it, I think, by by seeing it is there there were some people who were a little bit on in years and it was difficult climbing in uh, to the tub to be baptized by immersion. But it was so important to do that for them that they that they that they were willing to they were willing to kind of go through that bit of awkwardness. And we're happy to, you know, baptize in a different way of, of, of being immersed is physically just really difficult. But it was just sweet to see how important it was to them mm-hmm. uh, to to be baptized in that way, and I love I just love being a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was also a beautiful picture of people from so many different walks of life, mm-hmm. and coming off of the message that you preached over the weekend about what a beautiful church would look like, as we recognize that we are loved people, yes, and that other people are loved by God the same way that we're loved, and that this this. This beautiful art of love just mm-hmm. encompasses us in this unity of, of being a body of believers. It, the baptism service felt like an expression of that for our church. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it was uh, just a special evening. Can't wait for next year to do the same thing all over again. Good. Yeah. But let's talk about this message. So mm-hmm. we got to focus on the quality of love as part of our Masterpiece series that we've been walking through this summer. And uh, and you were the one who finally brought the Bob Ross illustration. Yes. Oh my out goodness, there. I love Bob Ross. Yeah, <laughs> so fun. But that that does kind of get to some of what we've been trying to bring out that mm-hmm. that the idea isn't just to admire a work of art, but to do a work of art. That's right. And uh, and Bob Ross is a good fun example. We are making that. art with Jesus. That's what our that's what our lives should should be like. 
and it's going to uh, it's going to encompass a number of things. And what we focused on is is not just love, but bearing with each other in love. And that word literally means putting up with. And sometimes that that feels like like I don't want someone to say, "Rick, I'm putting up with you." Uh, like I don't like the way that, that feels. doesn't feel very loving, but, does it? But I know. I got some things about me that make me a strong flavor sometimes. And I I love it that there are people in my life who are willing to put up with me. Mm. And really what we're talking about is with with every person you're going to experience this. With some of us, you're going to experience it more than others. And I might be one of those more than others. <laughs> uh, where there is discomfort or, or difficulty uh, when it comes to being close to someone, to serving them, investing in their best interest, uh, loving them. And we all create turbulence and discomfort for other people. And an aspect of love, a beautiful, underappreciated, absolutely necessary aspect of love is saying, yes, I will bear that. I will put up with whatever discomfort I need to put up with so I can be close to you, you can be close to me, and I can be invested in what's in your best interest so that I can love you. And so, listen, I you, I mean, pay attention to social media, pay attention uh, to the news. I mean, just look around. Uh, we are growing in our country and in countries around the world, increasingly tribal. And not only are people finding their identity in tribes, but they're also finding their virtue in demeaning other tribes. Mm. And we are just becoming nastier and mm-hmm. nastier uh to each other as a culture. I'm not necessarily talking about our church or any particular church. I'm not necessarily even talking about any particular group. I'm just saying this is just kind of a theme yeah. in our culture and in our country and in countries around the world. And we are we we have learned the skills of putting people out and putting them down. But in Christ, we bear with each other, we put up with each other in love. And it is absolutely indispensable. And when you are the recipient of it, it is good. And when you are not the recipient of it, it is, um, it hurts. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're masterpieces. Each other are masterpieces. You know, the church isn't a museum, but we are a collection of people who are beloved by God. And we should treat each other like that is true. Mm-hmm. Well said. <clears throat> so one of the things that that I was needing to process coming mm-hmm. out of the, the message was the difference between putting up with someone, yeah, but not putting up with certain behavior. Oh yeah, this is you where were, it's you hard. You were saying we just have to put up with everything. That's you, right. You're... There's lots of things that we there are all kinds of behaviors we should not put up with. And and let me just let me put the spotlight on myself talking to the congregations as the lead as the lead pastor. Um, Nobody in this congregation should ever have to put up with hypocrisy from me or lying from me um, or, you know, pride from me. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you should not have to put up with in, in a marriage relationship or a family relationship or even just a friend relationship. Nobody should have to put up with uh, abuse or, 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 or mis- mistreatment. We shouldn't put up with racism. We put, shouldn't put up with stealing. We shouldn't put up with dishonesty. We should not put up with backbiting and gossip and kind of the nasty flavors of, of complaining. We shouldn't, we shouldn't put up with that. Mm-hmm. And yet, we put up with people. Mm-hmm. And so this is where I'm like kind of reminding myself, the Bible is written by adults to adults. We need to think like adults. Uh, that requires wisdom. And it requires some real some real effort and sometimes just kind of like slow down I got to figure this out and I'm going to yeah I'm going to love you I'm going to bear with you I'm going to put up with you and yet I'm going to draw God honoring boundaries about the kinds of behaviors I'm not going to tolerate and it's not because it's me against you but it's because I also care about you mm-hmm. and and I care about 
other people who are, are affected by this. It's not a self-centered thing. When I'm not tolerating behavior um, from someone, it should not be primarily because I'm against them. If I'm motivated by the gospel, it's because I care about them. And there is no victim. There may be victimless crimes, but there are no. I, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> just kind of being rhetorical here. But there are no victimless sins. Mm. Uh, and I am a victim of every one of my own sins. Mm-hmm. And if that's true, you're a victim of every one of your own sins. And if there are behaviors that I'm not going to tolerate, my refusal to put up with that should be motivated because I care about you. And this is not good for you. Mm-hmm. It's not just a me thing or other people thing. It's I care about you. So, it seems like parenting young children is good practice for that. There's all kinds of behavior that we don't put up with as we're teaching them, you know, no, you cannot bite. You yeah, can't tell me. just, you know, throw a block at your brother. You, there, There's behaviors that we just immediately recognize that needs to be extinguished because it's hurting other people. It's bad for the child themselves. Mm-hmm. So we're actually doing that out of love yeah. for that child yeah. to help them grow to be healthy and productive members of society yeah and it doesn't decrease the love that we feel for that child as we're saying no we're not putting up with this behavior because we love you yeah i I mean i'm you bring that up i think i think it's a really keen observation i'm thinking about times that i've said to to my son or or to or to my daughters i listen i don't think i would be a good dad if i allowed that Mm mm-hmm if, if I allowed that or if I gave a thumbs up for that or if we didn't have this hard conversation, I don't think I'd be, be being a good dad because I wouldn't be loving you because I wouldn't be invested in your best interest. To think back to John 15, the things that Jesus was saying to his disciples, remain in me, mm-hmm. abide in me. It's inside of Jesus's way. We could also say it's his character. Um Everything that we mean by holiness or goodness is is an expression or a reflection of what he is like. All of his commands are designed to keep us inside of the life of thriving and goodness and truth and beauty that, that flows from who he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, Recap sh- your air conditioning analogy because okay. I thought that was brilliant. Okay, so if the love of Jesus, imagine it as it's air conditioning. And his commands are like the house, or like a house, right? And it's the outside is the nastiest, hottest, muggiest day you can imagine. I was just there in Alabama mm. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, if you step outside, it doesn't mean that the air conditioner has turned off. It doesn't mean that it's not blowing and going for you. It doesn't mean that it's not available for you. It's just you stepped away from it. When we stop abiding in Christ, and by the way, that does not mean, and I probably didn't do a good job of this on Sunday, it doesn't mean we've lost our salvation, mm-hmm. or it doesn't mean that we've broken our faith irreparably. It just means we are not being obedient. We've stepped away from Jesus, so we're not experiencing his love, which is only enjoyed inside mm-hmm. of his commands. So if you go back inside the house, now you're experiencing the air conditioner. It hasn't mm-hmm. turned off. It's it's always it's always been it's always been going. And so if we want to like I used to tell my 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 kiddos this. Every command, not command, every rule that your mom and I have, everything that we say is, um, it's an expression of love for you. Mm-hmm. And when you when you trust us and when you follow that, you get to stay inside of that. Um, I think about uh, I think about playgrounds. Um, almost every playground has a fence around it, mm-hmm. and you could just tell your kids go and have have a good time. Think of think of I the remember. fence. 
as a mom with young kids, I didn't like a park that didn't have a fence. I know, it was a right? Totally different. It's a totally different experience. Yeah. And there's actually, I believe, there are studies that show that kids actually feel far more secure yeah. and at peace inside of playgrounds that have a fence as opposed to the ones who don't. And so you can go enjoy all of this yeah. as long as you stay with inside inside the bounds. And those boundaries are not keeping you from some sort of pleasure on the outside. They're keeping you from something that will hurt you. Mm -hmm. And so that's why Jesus says, abide in me. I want my joy to be in you. I want your joy to be complete. His words, not mine. Mm -hmm. So it's all about, it's all about joy and satisfaction. I think we can use happiness as a synonym for, for joy. Um, Did you explain a little bit more about what you meant? You had a principle after you walked through the John 15 passage Mm -hmm. that you said, whenever we're in the wrong for anything, we've only gone wrong in one thing in love. Yeah. And I'm not sure I fully grasped all that you meant to convey by that. Anytime. So every, every command of Jesus is based on love. Um, this is the, the whole, the law and the prophets are summed up in, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. In Galatians 5, 14, the apostle Paul said the entire law can be fulfilled in this, love your neighbor as yourself. Everything is about an expression of love. So anytime that we've sinned, anytime that we've that we have gone morally wrong, ultimately it's rooted in, well, we failed to love. We violated love in some, in some way. Um, that's it. And it's not, it's not affection. It's not necessarily feeling or, or, or emotions based, but we've, what we've done is we, we violated love. The reason that lying is wrong is because it violates love. The reason that gossip is wrong is because it violates love. The reason that adultery is wrong, it violates love. The reason is greed is wrong. It violates love. All everything that that we can that we would say, okay, this is wrong or this is harmful or this is sin, whatever word you want to use, ultimately it violates love. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to communicate. So if we if we're ever in the wrong about anything, and I'm not I don't mean like mistaken, like factually wrong. I mean we are morally in the wrong. It's because we violated love. Okay. Thank you for that clarification. That helps. A moment ago when you were talking about the joy of just being in the air conditioning in, yeah. in the, the yeah. place where we can fully experience Jesus's mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. Um, the the picture of that is so refreshing and mm-hmm. so beautiful and, and, and very positive feeling. And yet the beginning of the John 15 passage has another warning that, that you didn't spend as much time on, but it was sure. another thing I really needed to process of the idea that Jesus doesn't just cut off branches that are not doing well he mm-hmm. also prunes the branches that yeah. are bearing fruit yeah he and says i'm the vine my father is the gardener uh-huh. he's he's pruning he'll prune branches that bear fruit so they can bear even more fruit yeah yep. and that process of pruning doesn't sound like a comfortable happy feel good process necessarily even though it probably it, or not probably it does lead to I, better fruit and I, more I, I think you're absolutely right there are things there are many things in life that are good but don't feel good mm-hmm yeah. And and I wonder if this process of learning to yeah. put up with people <laughs> yeah. to to be more loving towards people is one of those ways that he is pruning us absolutely and, and growing our character. So let's can we get like super like just raw and personal with our own church? Yeah. So every church, I believe, I believe God wants every church to bear fruit. That he wants us individually to bear fruit. He wants us to collectively uh, to bear to bear fruit. And so I think we should not only expect that our Heavenly Father, because he loves us, is pruning us individually, but he's also going to prune us as a church. And sometimes pruning is experienced as change. Mm. That, hey, here's one thing that we had. 
but for whatever reason, maybe in ways that we don't totally understand all the whys, um, our Heavenly Father is pruning that away, but we understand the deepest, most important why is because he's trying to help us bear bear mm-hmm. fruit, and he yeah. knows that we can't do it on our own. And so throughout a church's life um, and throughout an individual believer's life, we should expect that our Heavenly Father is cutting things away so that we can bear more fruit. Mm. And I believe that's what's happening now as we're eventually going to pivot to unified worship. It is, it's a pruning, and I believe it's something that our Heavenly Father wants to use to help us bear more fruit. And the bear more fruit is going to be more Christ-likeness, and I think it's also going to be more people coming to profess faith in Christ. And I trust him in that process. Um, And um, yeah, and so I think that's something that we might be experiencing now. I think that's something that we absolutely are experiencing as uh, as, a, as a congregation right now. And I imagine that where people are thinking about things in their own individual lives. Here, here's something that went away, and I mourned it in my own personal life, but I can see how God is using it to grow me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, there have been times in my life, I think that God has like taken away income in my life to grow my the fruit of me having faith and reliance in him and mm. finding my significance and security in Christ and not in not in other mm-hmm. other things. I, I think about adversity that I've gone through in my life and it's caused me to dislodge me from idols and looking for significant security and satisfaction in good things, um, but instead to really locate that in Jesus alone mm-hmm. um, so that I can grow in faith and, and full devotion to him. I'm, I'm glad you brought up that idea that mm-hmm. we're all searching for significance and security and satisfaction. And uh, whenever we're trying to find those things in something other than Jesus, it's mm-hmm. going to let us down. Yeah. Um, and, and you've talked about that several times, but there was something about the way that you brought it out in this message that made me more aware than usual mm-hmm. of how even those of us who have been following Jesus for many, many years yeah. and, and are really striving to be fully devoted to him still fall into that trap. We're not immune. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that one day we've just mastered that and we just automatically will, from this point on, always find our security, significance, and satisfaction in Christ alone. Yeah. And uh, and I wonder if, do you have any insights into how you detect that? Probably not. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Moving so, on. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, here's the, here's the thing. Um, I Maybe other people do. But I'm just dumb enough that I don't, <laughs> right? And I, I let me just describe my own life. And I think it's probably different from other for other people. But this is the gift of suffering, and this is the gift of adversity. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that sin is that sin is good or that suffering is good. But I'm saying that God uses it for good purposes. I trust that. Um, that's a promise in Romans eight. I've seen it in my own life. And so I. There are times that maybe I start to think, I think maybe I'm trusting in money too much, but a lot of times, or I'm trusting in this relationship too much, or I'm, you know what, I'm putting way too much of my security and my my closeness, my marriage relationship, which is a great thing, but it's not the source of my significant security and satisfaction. That's located in Christ, and mm-hmm. from that, you know, I've got a great foundation for for my marriage. But it's so easy to take good things and make them kind of the ultimate thing, mm-hmm. where that's that's the source for that. I. I'm what I'm building up to is sometimes I'm the guy I'm the guy or maybe most of the time I'm the guy that it's some sort of adversity that causes me to see oh 
I've been leaning on the wrong thing. Mm. I've been leaning on the wrong thing too much. And so sometimes it's, it, you realize that it's money when all of a sudden you have less money than you need for something that you're facing, or you're facing something that no amount of money that you have can actually make a difference in. Mm-hmm. Or um, you realize it, I've realized it, that I've been looking for it in some sort of achievement or approval uh, from others. And while that might be rock solid, it, has, it can't at all address the thing that I'm facing. Mm. Let me tell you like one that makes me look dumb. It, <laughs> okay. it's, it's a rookie, uh, rookie husband uh, fight that I had with, with Heather early on. I did, I did something to make her, um, um, to frustrate my wife. And I'm sure I was 100% in the wrong. I'm pretty like, <laughs> I didn't grow up with sisters or anything, you know, so I, I had a lot, had a lot to learn. Um, the backstory is I lived, I lived in a community, um, where it seemed like everybody had these kind of nice SUVs. So early on in college and they had, and, and I wanted one and, my, um, I was given like a showroom. It was, it was used, but it was like showroom quality XLT Ford Explorer. And I loved it. I thought given one. Yeah, I was given one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You have nice friends. (laughs) Well, it was my grandmother. Okay. My grand, my grandmother gave it, gave it to, to, to Heather and me. And maybe I'll tell the full story. Um, about that some other time because there's kind of fun details in that but so i was giving it and i was just like i was i was feeling like hot snot Uh (laughs) you know i just i was feeling hot to trot and and i was like this is great and 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 i just loved it i just felt a little inflated okay i just felt a little bit better about me about graduating up to this to this to this car and Uh so Heather, we, we pulled up in the driveway and Heather walked in the house and I was lingering because I wasn't sure what to say. And, and I was just like, I remember just standing there looking at this. And I said out loud to my new vehicle, you can't help me. <laughs> like, I love I love this, but this is, hasn't helped me at all in the most important things in my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, like, I'm 21 years old, uh-huh. you know, and all of a sudden I don't feel hot to trot anymore. Uh-huh. You know, I'm like, this is a nice thing to have, but it doesn't change my life. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it doesn't give me the thing that I'm, that I'm looking for. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta lean into this, yeah. to this adversity. I don't know if any of this makes sense. Okay. Well, let's, let's go a little bit but you, more. But you know what, but what I'm saying is if you, if you find significance or security in the stuff that you have, you'll find that that stuff is unavailable. Yeah. To help you with the most important stuff in your life. So let, let's let's get a little vulnerable though. Let's say okay. that um, let, let's say that we're struggling with knowing that we're seeking other people's approval, mm-hmm. and that we're basing some significance and some some of our own um, identity in how we feel like we're accepted by other people. Yep. And we recognize well maybe that's not the healthiest way to go about this, but. Self-reflection and mm-hmm. self-awareness is mm-hmm. only half of the equation. What do you do when you recognize that you're placing your identity or what you're seeking for security or satisfaction in the wrong thing? How do you get it back on track? Yeah. I I think this is at least part of what Jesus meant when he said, take up your cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. I think this is part of what it means to to die daily. I think this is part of what it means to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, um, to daily come before 
the Lord in prayer, um, to to pray the psalmist prayer, search me, O God, mm-hmm. um, know me, see if there's any anxious way in me. Uh, to say, God, this is what I'm seeing in me. I need, I, there's so many times I'm like, God, I want to change, but I need your Holy Spirit at work in me, producing this in me, and, and I want to turn away from it, but I but I need your I need your help. And I, I think it's, I there is no substitute for a daily quiet time of prayer and reflection, of surrender, of reading scripture, really thinking about it. Uh, thinking about how how is this going to help me today? Where where are areas of my life that I can apply this? Praying for other people, um, and then you know if we recognize that, like I, let me tell you, let me tell you a time that I recognize that I that I had an issue where I needed to die to myself and I was struggling, and this area was causing me to be too confrontational mm. with others. And I, maybe I told this story once before, but I crossed the line with uh, with somebody else, and I was so far across the line you couldn't see it anymore. Oh no! And I went and I sat down. It happened at work, working for a church, and uh, to my superior, mm. to the person I reported to. And I went and I sat down in my cube, and I thought, "Hmm, that's not the first time that's happened. Mm. What's going to happen here?" It's so, you know, you've. What I engaged in, what I think is spiritual discipline, and you've you've led a class on spiritual discipline. Spiritual disciplines are important. I printed out a picture of a derailed train, mm-hmm. and I hung it up in my cube. Mm. Um, and I picked that picture because I had come across this book called Derailed, and it was a profile of CEOs who were marvelous at their jobs, but they were derailed in their careers because of personal things. And it was written um, by a leadership coach and a business consultant who was also a believer. Hmm. And so I was, it. so there was a real kind of a gospel perspective uh, into this. So I ordered that book and I began to read that book and I looked at that picture derailed every day. And I'm mm. like, I don't want my life to be derailed. And then I made this commitment. I am not going to speak in any meetings unless I'm asked a question. And I'm going to just answer the question and I'm going to be calm, but I'm not going to initiate in a meeting for at least a month. Hmm. Um, I'm just going to be quiet. Um, and so I was just like, I used to tell, I used to tell um, when I was a pastor to college students and they were all getting married and they're excited and they all want to be on the Jesus plan. And by that, I mean, they're trying to wait until, uh, until marriage to, to engage in sexual activity, which is which is Jesus's way, and we should. And I would say to them, listen, I don't care about your commitment. I care about your strategy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need a strategy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so this, these were just my strategy. What, what I'm outlining is just my strategy. And, and I, my hope was, and my prayer was, God, would, would you use this as a context to start cultivating in me the things that I need? Mm-hmm. And so if we recognize that, let's really, let's really lean in in the same way in the same way that someone would say, ah, I'm not great at money. And so you would start budgeting or maybe listen to a money podcast, or you're going to start doing things to grow in this area. Um, the Apostle Paul talks about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, especially in Galatians chapter 5. And like there's this war going on inside of us between things that come naturally to us and the, and the, and the work of the Holy Spirit. And so the, the fruit of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, um, faithfulness, and self-control. That's, he produces that, but we have to yield to him. And these are, these are ways that, 
these are ways that we, I'm just kind of outlining some of the ways Mm -hmm. that we can yield to him. But at the end of the day, we have to yield to him and we have to participate in it. Yeah. We can't grow on our own. God's not going to grow us on his own. Yeah. No, that's very, that's very good. So am I answering the question? You are. Yeah. We've, we've been kind of walking around in a circle around yeah. a number of things, but I think it all comes back to that idea of, of taking God's love down into our bones Trust in it, yeah. and knowing that we are loved by him. That, as you said, mm-hmm. you know, he is the one who, who gives every man what the, the deep, respect that yeah. men crave that gives every woman the deep delight that, yeah. that we crave and to know that we are good enough because we are loved by him listen this is not pie in the sky no it says i'm telling you realizing this changed my life it revolutionized my life when i came and i did not come to understand it until i was in ministry mm-hmm. i was a until i was a pastor and um it changed my life. So go there a little bit. Yeah. If if we truly, as as both individuals and as a people, mm-hmm. believed that, believed the truth that we are loved, and then also believed that about everyone else mm-hmm. too. Yeah. What does that look like? How is that life changing in a way that well, just it, casts some vision for us of what what we're aiming for? Okay. This might feel like a, a little sideways, okay. but the image that I'm thinking of is when I was trying to teach my daughter to swim, when she was flailing about and tense and could not rest in my arms because she was afraid. Um, if she really trusted that I loved her and that I had her, she would have relaxed. Mm. And I think that's the I think it's one of the biggest differences. We can just we can just relax. And I wanna I wanna go back to the pruning conversation. Okay. Pruning isn't necessarily about sin. Mm-hmm. Um, pruning is, a. Uh, you talk to any, any gardener, pruning is about cutting away something that's taking nutrients away from um, the production of fruit. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to get nutrients to a branch or to particular fruit or flowers or whatever, sometimes you have to cut cut away a branch that would rob that nutrients so that more nutrients could go to, to where it's needed. It doesn't mean that branch is bad. It doesn't mean that, that, that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that God cuts away in our life because he loves us. And those things aren't bad. Mm-hmm. They aren't wrong. But what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to take away from the from the from from what we really need emphasis on, and so that's why pruning is necessary. Pruning and correction, I don't know, are necessarily synonyms. Sure, you know, mm-hmm. I haven't done a I haven't done a, like a biblical study on that, <laughs> but but my but my gut is is that we should not think of pruning as a rebuke mm-hmm. or as a response to sin in our life. That it is simply about bringing more good things in our life. And sometimes more good things mean cutting away or saying no to other good things Mm -hmm. so that we can say yes to better things. Well, and even though that process may Mm -hmm. not feel good, we should take heart Mm -hmm. as that being evidence of God's love for us and and his desire to utilize us to be more fruit bearing, that there's something very mm-hmm. um, encouraging in that. And, and I think it can sustain us through a lot of that growth mm-hmm. <laughs> period. Absolutely. To know he's got purpose. He's, he's working he with intention he in does. our life to do that. And you know, um, in the same way that um, 
my kids couldn't always understand. They could know the deep down purpose. They could know the deepest reason of love, but they couldn't understand all the other whys mm. uh, that influenced, well, why now? Why this way? Um, and why here? Um, they couldn't always understand that. I can't always understand why God does his pruning when he does, the way he does, how he does. I don't understand that, but I can trust that he loves me and he wants uh, the best for me and for others. Mm. And so that's where I can rest. And I think one, I think that's just one. Just armor down, shields down, quit fighting, and just ability to rest mm. in that. So I don't know if that sounds – I don't know if I've given enough practical examples of that, but um, – but our ability just to rest and trust is a big deal. I've, I've enjoyed this conversation. This is mm-hmm. one of those times where I feel like I've been trying to both have this conversation and listen to this conversation at the same time. So sure, yeah. This is, uh, this People is a- don't know how hard podcasting is because you're thinking about what you want to say because you don't want to sound dumb. But somebody else is saying, there's so many times you're saying good stuff and I'm like, I'm like I feel like my brain is going to melt or it's just going to break <laughs> because I'm trying to pay attention to that and make sure that I'm ready to say something that's... We maybe can stop it here. We'll replay it. We'll pour a cup of coffee and listen (laughs) and see how the Holy Spirit can grow us in this area of our lives as well. Yeah. Yeah. But this is, but the gospel is, the gospel is deep, isn't it? Like it's not surfacey. It's not shallow. I mean, the more we dig into this, the more we see it really just, I mean, it goes to every corner, to every recess of our life. Yeah. And we'll never hit the bottom of it. We'll never hit the bottom of it. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. So today, there are going to be people who I hope give you the gift of putting up with you. And uh, you uh, give the gift of others of putting up with them. And what that is not about, it's not about deficiency in them or deficiency in you. It is 100% about we see their value. Um, It's the same value that God puts on them. It's the same value that God uh, puts on you. And because we love each other, we will carry any discomfort that's necessary to be close and to serve uh, each other's best interests. Amen.